11.02, Gresham Keefe for into hour two. Patriots practice moved around a little bit today. Uh, Bill Belichick will now be speaking at 11.45. We hope to have some of that for you. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, one of the tweets of practice that we read a little bit earlier from yesterday. One of them was from our friend Tom E. Curran of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, good morning. How are you, boys? Pretty good. Well, better uh, than Chris Sale. Yeah, better than Chris Sale. Fell off a bike and broke his wrist. Fall but over the handlebars. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. It could be a stationary bike with him. I mean, you who, don't know. You just don't know. But Tommy, in my mind's eye, it's over the handlebars. Oh, yeah. there you go. I can see that. Yeah. Um, it's a giant scarecrow pinwheeling through the air. I was going to say, if he went over the handlebars and only his wrist broke, that's actually a good break, no pun intended, because you figured that more would get uh, broken with that guy. Uh, Tommy, is the Patriots' offense irretrievably broken? Is this impending doom that we saw yesterday, growing pains? Where do you come in on this? I'm glad you asked that, because I want the record to show that for all the apocalyptic, desperate, over-the-top, condemning tweets that I and others on the beat have been responsible for, it is not irretrievably lost. Nothing ever stays the same. It's going to get better. Is it completely abysmal and unwatchable right now? Yes. Is it distressingly bad, as I said? Absolutely. Was it embarrassing for the team to get two days off in what probably was, in the coaching staff's mind, a good reset? And then to see Trent Brown go off on the first snap of the first 11-on-11 and then generate nothing over the next eight plays and just to continue to look so bad that you could smell the disgust coming from the offensive players, that is all true. But I'm not going to say that they're going to suck in September because of what it looks like on August 8th. I might say it in September, but I'm not saying it now. Now, Tom, it seems like there has been some success in the seven-on-sevens and then, you know, the one-on-ones when it's a receiver versus a corner, uh, sort of a mixed bag, but, you know, some big plays. So when the 11-on-11s come around and the offense is getting just uh, demolished, how much of that would you put on the offensive line? Virtually all of it. But then we get to the question of, is it coaching? Is it scheme? Is it talent level? Is it defensive aptitude among the front seven? And it might be a wide variety of things, but you know, I, I think the chief guys who are getting victimized up front tend to be Haran, to a lesser extent, Unwenu, sometimes David Andrews. I think Cole Strange has been um, not a massive issue, but it's running game and passing game. So you're not – I mean, Ramondre Stevenson got stuffed about three straight times, hit in the backfield, he's spinning, trying to just find something. Um, and that's on run plays, but it's, it's a shared responsibility. It's, it's, um, but I really think some of it might come back to either how well the players are being coached or whether they're over their heads. And I know how great Mike on when it was two years ago, but just not, not seeing the same level of effectiveness on a day in day out basis from him either. Sorry, Tommy, are they falling out of love <laughs> with on <Onwenu? laughs> Or does he not fit what they're trying to introduce in the run game into this offense? Well, he's a massive guy compared to what the Patriots have no- normally used as guards. Um, so he's not one of those dancing bear guards necessarily. I take people's words for it. 
generally along the offensive line. I mean, I'll watch it back and say, okay, nobody seems to get through him or on select plays. But, you know, whether it's Phil Perry does a great job with the report card or Pro Football Focus or Mike Reese or people who focus on the offensive line and say on when who's outstanding, I'll, I'll say, yeah, every time I see him, he's pretty good too. So I would say he's got the ability. So what's the shortcoming? Is it the absence of Dante Scarnecchia, who would have been here in his rookie year a little bit, I believe, for uh, Unwenu? Um, you have coaching staff turnover. You have scheme change. And maybe you have an improving defense. I don't know. But the offensive line is very much the common denominator to the ineptitude. Uh, one positive, it seems like, uh, so far has been rookie receiver Tyquan Thornton. Uh, it seems like there was a couple of highlights of him torching guys yesterday in one-on-ones. Terrence Mitchell was nowhere near him on a, on a double move. So a guy that, again, at the time of the draft felt like maybe a, a reach. Most of these mock draft experts had him going uh, much later than the second round. But do you agree with what a lot of other people are saying, Tom, that this guy looks pretty good? Yeah, 100%. I've, I've kind of started driving that bus in the first week, mm-hmm. not only just after listening to him speak, but watching him play, excuse me, watching him play in some of the contested catches he made and just the technical precision it seemed of his roots. And then listening to him speak, he just impresses me with being a very polished and not a lip servicey guy. Look, nobody was more lip servicey than Nikhil Harry. And, you you know, he would make a play, make a catch, and then the next play he's asking out. Thornton's out there every single play. And I'll say this, too. Having come from um, where he did in Baylor and the style of offense they played there, it does stand to reason that that's what the Patriots are trying to do, get to those more simplified offenses that these kids flourish in because they play high school football at seven-on-seven and college football in these spread offenses, and that's where Thornton has excelled. So maybe he's able to hit the ground running more than a Nikhil Harry or whoever else, but I really like his professionalism too. Well, you also, and by the way, Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston here with Gresh and Keith here on WEEI. Uh, there's also the, like we heard it from Dante Scarnecchia on the Greg Hill Show earlier today about trying to work in some of the bootleg stuff and things like that. Is some of the, do you think some of the overall Patriots offense is sort of reactionary in a way in which you just talked about in terms of things now have to be quicker, faster, because that's the way the game is going. Ball's got to get out quicker, things like that. Is this a natural evolution? Is it a reaction to the way the game is being played? Or are the Patriots coaches just overthinking what they've had success with for 20 years? I don't think they're overthinking it. I think they're tired of watching the players overthink it. And they want to make it more simple, more user-friendly. So they're taking a step back with a simplified offense that still has some intricacies and honestly may have, and I know Greg Bedard alluded to this, may have some square pegs and round holes to be making this switch. Shaq Mason was one of the most nimble guards in the league. If you're going to be running stretch, and I am not an offensive line guru, Gresh. You could probably speak to this better than me. But if you have a guard and you're running the stretch play, do you want to trade him away if he's really nimble and replace him with Shaq Mason? Excuse me, with uh, Mike Wenu? If you want to take Cole Strange, go ahead, plop him down on the other side. But it's, I, I understand saving money and getting a fifth-round pick back, but wee, now what's it look like? <laughs> Uh, how do you think Mac Jones has dealt with sort of the frustrations there through, uh, throughout camp so far? I think he's handled it pretty well, but he is 
a teapot right now. Absolutely a teapot. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I watched Damian Harris yesterday uh, on some checkdowns thrown to him that were one bounced, and he slapped them away as they arrived because they were aborted plays. You know, the David Andrews, very expressive post-practice meeting with his teammates, all the offensive players very animated in that. You know, I think all that, for, for the folks out there, and there are plenty of them, maybe I only hear from the large, you know, a large and vocal minority on social media, who think that the beat reporters are reveling in the ineptitude and blowing it out of proportion or accelerating a timeline, the players themselves, we're reporting what we're seeing, and the players themselves are incredibly downcast and frustrated about it. So it's what's happening. Mm -hmm. So when you turn on your TV, people who who think we're being apocalyptic and over the top, when you turn on your TV and the Patriots are struggling to put on 13, put up 13 points maybe in mid-September, and I'm not saying that's going to be the case, it's not like we didn't tell you it was looking like poop. Well, Tommy, <laughs> do, what does this lead to what on Thursday? Are we going to see the starters for a quarter? You know, how do they then approach this if if things have been bad? And I do wonder how much of it, again, for thinking of the way – practices are set up to be able to force all linemen to react and hey this got thrown at me in practice so i know i can deal with it in the game yada 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 but does this lead to maybe the starters all playing the first quarter or maybe even a little more against the giants on thursday night i have wavered at first i thought you know you better get some more reps for the offense maybe they can beat up on another team that is not attuned to what they're doing but then honestly gresh it looks so bad that it might be more demoralizing, and you could actually run the risk if, you know, Justin Huron or Yodney Kajust doesn't make a block of getting Mac Jones hurt. So I would say leave it alone, get ready for the joint practices with Carolina and Las Vegas, treat those as much more important than the preseason games as the Patriots traditionally do, and make this your football orientation for the portion of the roster who is going to be your depth and your cannon fodder. On the, on the flip side, we've spent so much time talking about the offense. You look at the defense, and are they just dominating, again, because the offense stinks so bad and they're le- they're learning and they're trying to figure stuff out? Or is the defense actually pretty good? And Or, or what are you looking at for them specifically on Thursday? They're performing way better than I thought. I would love to see some of the players at the linebacker position that we spent so much time in the offseason talking about that we haven't really had a chance to highlight. Uche, McGrone, um, McMillan, et cetera. See how they respond. See how they play in these games because they should be a faster defense. If that's the point of taking out all those linebackers who were here last year and who had been here and had institutional knowledge, if the point was to be faster, I'm looking to see whether or not the Patriots defense looks and plays way faster. That's To me, that's the most important thing. Did the switch you made show benefits on the field? Same thing with the offense. So we'll be watching for that. Any word on Jabril Peppers, Tom? He was out there yesterday, returned some punts. Um, So everybody is back in in different capacities, but Peppers is out there as well. Okay, so now now they're going to start to work him in, which that's one of the things that I want to see is how does that guy fit into whatever they're going to do with kind of Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips and, you know, maybe going against – 
250-pound back in freaking Saquon Barkley or whatever he weighs that when he's right, you don't want to necessarily put a guy coming off injury in that situation. But I'm still fascinated by that because if we are to believe that the defense is a little better and they're playing faster, sort of how does he kind of fit into all of that? I hope we get some first-team reps on defense. Hell, freaking uh, what's his name? Dayball said he's playing his starters, so I hope we see some of these guys. Yeah, and by the same token, poor Bailey Zappi if they're not playing any of their starters. And, I don't, you know, I'm not saying the Giants' defense is a absolute machine, but <laughs> Bailey's going to be out there running around pretty fast. Uh, good luck to him. Well, uh, uh, that is the uh, kind of the curse of the preseason quarterback. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston on the Harbor One Hotline. Thank you, Tommy. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Talk soon.